It's time to find balance and be refreshed here on Every Heart, Every Woman. Every Heart, Every Woman. Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring interviews. Every Heart, Every Woman. Let's get motivated to move forward as we share our life experiences. Host Carla Nivens. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Before we jump into our interview for today, let's set the tone like we always do with some great music. This is Smooth Stone. It's performed by One Less Rock. Sit back and enjoy.
Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries. Just go to their website. Go to loveministriesbuilds.org. Also check out my website at carlanivens.com. Carla is spelled with a K and Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. Well, I'm so excited about our interview for today. And honestly, the song that you just enjoyed, Smooth Stone by One Less Rock, um, that song placed second in the nation in Guitar Player Magazine's Guitar Superstar competition. And we are welcoming the author um, of that song, uh, Chris Schielenfalby. Chris is the founder and CEO of 360 Method. He was born and raised in Budapest, Hungary. He also traveled the world, traveled in Europe and the States between 2003 and 2007 with Ben Zephyr. That band was five Christian guys um, and, and what they were trying to do is play in the secular music scene. So I hope we'll get into that and, and get more information about that. But number one, Chris, thank you for being uh, back here with us at Every Heart, Every Woman Radio. Uh, we're so excited to welcome you back. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Carla. Well, we spoke a little over a year ago and the world was a different place, wasn't it? I know. <laughs> Everything has changed now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, first, Chris, I want to ask you about the song that we heard, Smooth Stone uh, by One Less Rock. What's, what's the this behind story about that song? First of all, uh, my artist name, One Less Rock, that I released, I really haven't released a whole lot with, but, but uh, this started back in 2009. Uh, I saw some videos about Guitar Player Magazine's competition, and, and uh, watching the judges reviews on really all the contestants that they posted on YouTube. And it hit me that what they were hearing in the music and how the, the, the positive and negative feedback that they were giving to these artists, I really noticed the same exact things. And I, I thought the same way as these world renowned musicians that were the judges for this uh, American idol for guitarist type of competition mm -hmm. were giving. So it just kind of put a bug in my head that maybe next time I need to enter. And so I did. And, um, the Smooth Stone, the song, um, really came about in a matter of, I mean, I, I labored over it for weeks and weeks and weeks and I had nothing. And I had to submit something within a matter of a few days. And I went on this prayer walk and by the time I came back, I still had nothing. And so I, I walk in the door and I just heard the Spirit of God speak to me. Um, you, it's, it's, your, it's about your walk. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. It's like about my walk with Jesus. He goes, no, it's literally about your walk. And so I went back outside. And I walked at the same pace as I was walking before. And so I just grabbed the metronome app on my phone, tapped in the tempo and wrote down 126 beats per minute. And I went to bed. Next morning, I woke up, turned on the metronome at 126 beats per minute, wrote the song in about 20 minutes. So it was one of those divine moments that came about. But uh, I felt like a, a David and a Goliath type of battle. And that's where the, the name uh, Smooth Stone came from. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love and then what's what's the story behind uh, the name One Less Rock? Yeah, so um, it's funny. I just literally three days ago, I had uh, lunch with a good friend of mine who's actually the author of that name. 
he was a youth pastor at the church where I was helping lead worship uh, at Trinity Church in Cedar Hill uh, years and years ago. But he had this idea, he had a sermon about uh, Luke 19, where Jesus spoke that uh, if these don't praise me, don't silence them, because if these don't praise me, the rocks will cry out in their place. And so we want to be one less rock ourselves to be praising Jesus that way. And so in this sermon, this youth pastor said, like, that's a great band name. Someone should steal that. And I raised my hand. It's mine. I'll take it. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> I registered the domain pretty quick and all that. So since then, I'm one less rock. So. I love it. I love it. That's that's really cool. That's really cool. And I love hearing the story behind the things that creative, especially Christian creatives, are doing because um, honestly, as we hear these stories, we're building up our spirit man and our um, desire to move forward on the things that God has called us to do. And maybe even the things like you said, you you know, kind of travailed over what this song, Smooth Stone, was supposed to um, be and what, you know, what was it supposed to sound like? And it's just the, like those little nuggets yeah. that the Lord gives us that if we can key in on those and pay attention to those, look what happens. Yeah, and, and one of there's a really great sermon that really ties into what we're talking about right now. I forget who I heard it by, but but the, the the heart of it was that miracles in the Bible always require human involvement. Mm-hmm. It was never that it, it was never poof something just happens, but there's always some kind of an act of faith, and it's usually something silly and and almost meaningless seemingly, but it just activates the hand of God, and that's exactly what happened. So that 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 story, the way that's came about really became a life lesson for myself and hopefully for others too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So Chris, let's talk about 360 method. The last mm-hmm. time you were on the show, um, you were ro- in the process of rolling this um, business out um, for, for everyone, for musicians, for churches, for people who um, really had the desire to be um, a musician, especially a Christian musician, especially worship leaders. Where where are you today with this? After all this happened, where are you right now? Yeah, so we launched Music 360 Method about a year ago, like you said. And then literally in a matter of a couple of weeks, the pandemic hit. So what Music 360 Method is, is it's uh, really the the simplest way to put it is it's a a music training pipeline for worship teams. So it, it involves online training, music training for worship teams. But much more too. It's it's a basically a mentorship, a growth environment where where musicians in the church can grow. But it can also be a community outreach through the church. But the reason I started this is I've been uh, I started teaching music. I, I launched my private teaching studio back in two thousand nine, and I started seeing very quickly. But that uh, God walked me through a very very unique journey in my life with the life experiences, like you mentioned, touring with bands and com- competitions, leading worship. I was full-time in missions for seven years and just this bundle of experiences, most of which tied around music one way or another, it's really built up this unique way of looking at life and, and, and just unique experiences in me. And as I was teaching my students, I started seeing that they were getting very unique results themselves and uh, they, they were growing very quickly, both individuals and bands. And so long story short, about four years ago, I started creating online courses uh, but I didn't just want to throw myself in that scene because there's so many businesses that do that. So I, I told God, hey, I'm going to do this. 
as long as this is not just my expensive hobby. I don't want to throw myself in a marketing dogfight with the likes of Fender and Guitar Center and these mega corporations with massive budgets. But I just had this sense of peace in me that God had something very unique in mind. And I just have to, just like with the song, I had to take the first step. I had to take action. And that was shooting content. By the time I finished creating my first course, I realized that this is growing into something much, much bigger. And like you said, about a year ago, we launched a full platform where an entire worship team can grow in the craft of playing their instruments. So that, that's just kind of the, the 30,000 foot view of what this is. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So, and, and you and I have had, we've had extensive conversations mm-hmm. about 360 Method. Um, uh, we met while we were um, teaching, you were teaching full time. Um, uh, for um, a, a Christian music college. And so I had the opportunity to watch you in person uh, build up young leaders. And, and um, like I said, this is a Christian music college, so it was very much a Christian atmosphere, but all of the young musicians weren't going to um, join you know, a worship team. Some yeah. of them were going to do some other things out in the secular world as Christians. But I really got the opportunity to see you and how you um, mold young leaders and how you take them from step to step in there um, to achieve the goals that they really want to achieve with yeah. uh, as musicians, as singers, um, as men and women of God. So um, with, with 360 Method, as people really um, get into this program and subscribe to it and get into it, what are the differences between the other things that they can find out there? Maybe um, your Bethel Worship You or or Worship Online. Yeah, that's a great question. And um, here's what it boils down to. Um, If we kind of want to pull the curtain back on on the, if I can use a dirty word, the worship industry, if you can call it that, but it really is that because over the past 20 years, Worship has really become one of the fastest growing musical genres in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And, and along with that, there became a huge demand of what a church is supposed to, air quotes, supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. And so here's what happens when, when uh, even if it's a young church plant, uh, when they plan their services, a big part of that is what is their worship going to sound like and look like. Because that is one of the number one attractors. Think about conversations that you have with individuals when they're talking about a church. One of the first things that come up is, how's the worship? And and unfortunately, very often, that's kind of a superficial question because mm-hmm. it's about the sound and the smoke and the lights and all that. Nothing wrong with that. But, but oftentimes what ends up happening is that there's a pressure and a demand on the church to present something. But because of the, the demand, there's not always the the systems in place to really do that in a healthy and in a community building way. So the good news that I've seen in the worship community and the worship industry is that there's wonderful tools out there. Like if you're in worship, you've heard about planning center, which is a wonderful scheduling tool. Like the tools you mentioned, Bethel's worship, you worship online and all of that is great spiritual training where people learn about the biblical foundations of worship. And these are all great, but what's missing is no one's training our musicians. So the reason we launched Music 360 Method is because I've been frustrated by the, the lack of an opportunity to really train the musicians because 
there's no time and no funding for that in the churches. Mm-hmm. And, and really what ends up happening is if someone walks up to a worship leader, if they want to volunteer on a worship team, nine times out of 10, even though that should be happy dance time for the worship leader, it ends up being the most stressful moment for them. You can attest to this as a worship leader. Yes. <laughs> Somebody comes up and say, I want to volunteer. It's like, no. No. <laughs> nine times out of 10, you won't know what to do with that person, right? right. And, right. and that's just, a, it's simply because the church is lacking the systems in place to do that. So what we end up doing is we send that volunteer off to Guitar Center to do what? Learn Stairway to Heaven? Or you know, what, what are they going to teach them there? You know? and, and nothing against the, the other training platforms, but really what ends up happening is that because the church, uh, with a capital C, doesn't have its hand on a system or a tool that they can use to keep the mentorship, the musical mentorship and training in-house. Mm-hmm. All we have is song tutorials and spiritual training, wonderful things once again, but it, it doesn't help musicians develop. And so we end up outsourcing that. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is if we send these musicians off into the world or to somewhere else, they end up growing their roots there. And then we're wondering why people, young people are leaving our churches. Mm-hmm. So really what this is, is this is the solution for the church. Even though individuals can purchase our programs, but Music 360 Method is designed to solve this problem for the local church so that you as a pastor, you as a worship leader can say, if you're not ready, that's great because we have all the tools to get you ready. And this is great for the existing musicians, but also ones that want to come in. So that's why we call it a pipeline. It starts all the way back at the audition process through we, we facilitate everything, a bunch of website automations in the background. So really the worship leader just needs to be engaged in the growth of these musicians without the burden having to do all the administrative stuff and the, the actual training. So it really leads to a mentorship platform where you can watch your musicians grow, give them feedback, and be engaged with their growth. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And it's, it's definitely needed um, for, for the church. I'm I'm wondering, now this is a loaded question, um, with your background and, and what you're finding um, out um, in, in as you're talking to churches about the 360 method and in just in your background, in your work, this pandemic, you know, it's thrown everything um, out of whack. Um, yeah. Churches, yes, small businesses, you know, uh, people who were launching things and all of a sudden nobody knew that this, what this pandemic was about to do. What are you, what are your thoughts on how can the local church keep their members and volunteers, um, engaged, especially as we begin to start, you know, meeting back in person in small numbers or meeting out outside in larger numbers. How can we get people back? How can we keep them engaged? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. And and that definitely affected us too. Like we mentioned earlier, we launched weeks before the pandemic hit. So it definitely affected how um, we had to go about our launch of this product as well. And churches were very reluctant, understandably so, uh, to, to take action uh, in subscribing to service like what we offer with Music 360 Method. And, and really what ends up happening is the pandemic really went one of two ways. Once churches really settled into, okay, what does this mean? What's the reality of the pandemic about a year ago? And we really started coming to grips with with what's happening. And the funny thing is that this really affected churches one of two ways. I've seen this firsthand because a lot of churches were very, very adversely 
impacted by this, both in their budgets and their attendance. But there's other churches that ended up thriving in this environment, actually growing both in their attendance online and in, in the memberships giving. And so I think simply what it boils down to is how prepared are we as the body of Christ with our systems? You know, uh, do we have things in place that help us pivot and adjust quickly in this pandemic? So that, that's I've seen that in our church, uh, Trinity Church uh, in Spirit Hill, that's my home church. We ended up growing in this time, uh, both in numbers and, and, and in giving, because we had systems in place for online service that we could just really accelerate. So I think it's an opportunity uh, as well as a, as a challenge. And, and that's part of the reason why, why we feel as Music 360 Method that, that we're a service that we can really bless the local church with because we're not tied to physical location. Uh, they can stay engaged through the online presence. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very important um, for for everybody to realize, especially about 360 Method, that um, this is a program that your entire team can use. Uh, It doesn't matter what level you are, because there there are some churches that maybe if they have one paid um, position as, you know, as their worship team and then everybody else is a volunteer, that one paid person may be a one level and then everybody else is at a different level. Um, Well, even even as as we are right now, like not even fully meeting together right now, 360 Method can be one of the resources that you um, use right now. And, And I have found that one of the things that can really happen through the pandemic is growth like this. Like you, you know, you're, you're most likely to be at home in the evenings um, more than what you were before. And you can really dig in and, um, you know, hone your skills right now um, more than what you could before. So um, I I love it. I love it. Um, And honestly, I I don't think we're talking we're, as a society, we're talking about getting back to normal. I don't think we're going back to normal. I think this pandemic has taught us a lot of lessons, too. And not just in the church, in corporate America, too. There's so many. My wife's firm, for example, they were they grew like crazy because they had a lot of systems in place that they were already doing online. But what they're finding is that a lot of the overhead that they were carrying because of the physical space that they had to use, they could cut way back on that. And so there's opportunity in this for the church as well, because there's a lot of things that I think we've learned as the church, once again, with a capital C, that there's a whole lot that we can do online that we never thought or never considered possible. Right, right. Well, that, that is, that is the, the great blessing. If we want to call it a blessing, I call it a blessing, is that we're learning um, all of the things that really can continue and really that can thrive. You know, some some of our small group classes are meeting more people than what they were, you know, in person. Yeah. Because people can maybe be cooking their dinner at the same time as they're, <laughs> you know, uh studying the word. So yeah, I love it. Okay. Is it's, it's uh, it's, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. It's coming time for us to take a break. Let's take a break and we'll be right back with Chris Human Bobby.
listening to Every Heart, Every Woman, the show where women find balance, peace, and inspiration. Now let's get back to the show with your host, Carla Nivens. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Our show is a program of Love Ministries. Go to loveministriesbuilds.org for all of the great information about Love Ministries. Um, you can also check out my website, carlanivens.com. Carla is spelled with the K. Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. We're having a great conversation with founder and CEO of Music 360 Method. Uh, he was born and raised in Budapest, Hungary. He traveled the world in Europe and the States between 03 and 2007. Um, he was in a band called Ben Zephyr. They were five Christian guys, but intentionally they were playing in the secular music scene. And so, Chris, I'm so excited that you are back to uh, give us an update about Music 360 Method and tell us about the new things that are that are going on. I will say that everyone can find um, find you at your website, which is music360method.com. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so everyone go to music360method.com and uh, you can uh, sign up for the program. You can sign up for, you know, your, your worship team. And I'm sure you can get in touch with, um, with Chris there on, on the website. Um, Chris, I want to first ask you about, um, remote learning, but of course, you know, uh, most, some of our children are still at home um, doing school online. Some are back um, into school, but, um, some parents may not feel comfortable yet letting them do all of the things and all of the after school programming and all of that. So we and we may be in the age of remote learning, like you said, for a very long time, just trying to make sure we keep everyone safe and healthy. How does Music 360 Method fit into um, the remote learning structure? That's a great question. Um, in the first uh, half of the show, we, I, I mentioned that about four years ago is when I first started launching online courses. And I knew from day one that what we were creating in Music 360 Method is not just online courses. Without great content, none of this could work. And if, if you're just joining the show, if you haven't heard the first half, Music 360 Method is a music training pipeline for your worship team. So it's guitar, bass, drums, keys, and vocals basically a modern worship team, and it does include remote learning, online streaming courses. Um, so here's the interesting thing. Remote learning can work uh, and, and, and it cannot work. It depends really on, on um, how it's set up and, and what system, what structure is put into. Um, my process in creating my courses was very interesting because um, I've, I've had really, really great success face-to-face uh, -face teaching uh, students. Uh, and uh, all, all the way to the point of training 16-year-old ki kids that in a matter of a year and a half were winning national competitions, just starting out and then really accelerating in the learning very, very quickly. So I knew how to teach face-to-face. -face. But when I started creating online uh, courses, I really had to dig down to the core of how I teach. Now, I'm blessed enough that my degree 
is uh, in in uh, teaching English as a second language. So pedagogy was my my specialty, the the science of learning and teaching. And uh, so I ended up digging down to the core of what what made my lessons tick. And I broke that down to the smallest possible building elements, and I developed a system called cyclical pedagogy that really enabled me to create online courses that worked. So we use super short four to six minute less, uh, seg uh, video segments where the content that you view is really easy to digest. So it's kind of like a YouTube video. You learn a new idea and, and that's great. But what happens is that the way our course is set up is everything in the background is connected. We connect the dots for the learner. That's kind of the magic in cyclical pedagogy. And everything that they learn connects to something else that they've learned. And by the time they finish the semester, they've created, they went through this cycle of learning and they basically created this circle of knowledge where all the dots are connected. They're not going to be master musicians yet, but everything that they learn makes sense. And so to, to generalize that in remote learning, I think one of the challenges is when a teacher is thrown in a situation that here's a Zoom account, teacher, students now, it's just not the same. <laughs> when you just trying to emulate the classroom experience. It's not, it's, there's so many distractions at home. Um, like you said before the break, someone may join a home team because they can cook their dinner while they're in right. home team. It's a different environment. There's different distractions. And that's, that's great, but we need to account for that. So I think remote learning is, is really the way of the future and it's going to be an element that even once the pandemic is history, I think elements of remote learning will, will continue to use because we can, we can be much more effective with certain bits of knowledge in remote learning. Mm -hmm. When you're learning the core competency of any skill set, whether that's music or engineering, I think it's much more effectively done in remote learning if the curriculum mm -hmm. utilizes on-screen animations and things that you just cannot do in person. And so that's what we do with our content, but we intentionally put it in the context of private social platform, social media platform, where we teach the musicians the content and the worship leader or the pastor engages them in the mentorship of applying that content. And so the worship team, the rehearsals, or if it's not a worship environment, if it's an after-school program that a church wants to start, same kind of deal. There's a personal mentor involved that can connect the dots the, that the uh, remote learning element utilize. So I think it's a marriage of both. And that's really what we're trying to emulate with our system too, where we're keeping the mentorship in the hands of the local church. But we take the expertise of the actual teaching on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now talk more about mentorship. Now we, you know, that's one of the things that in any area um, that you're, you're working in, now they are really keying on in on the importance of having a mentor, um, someone who's helping you and guiding you and teaching you the things that you, you don't have the experience to know yet. And I know from our personal talks that when you were traveling um, the world as a musician, mentorship was very important and you all kept each other accountable um, mm -hmm. to being men of God. Talk more about mentorship and the role that it plays in Music 360 Methods. That's such a loaded question. <laughs> How dare you ask that? <laughs> How much time we have? How many hours do I have to answer that? I know, I know. <laughs> if, if just two quick thoughts that right off the top of my head, I've really experienced two kinds of mentorship, and and one is like as a speaking as a musician. 
some of my greatest mentors were non-musicians. They were, they were men and women that had, had, couldn't tell me anything about music, but they spoke into me as a person, as a spiritual father or mother. And, and, and there's nuggets that, that guided my life and informed even my art because of that, because of who I was willing to become. And, and ultimately, as artists, as musicians, whether that's in the realm of worship or not, who we become is what we create. And, and if it's not in that order, it's just a gimmick. We're just following trends. So, so that's one form of mentorship. And, and that happens, once again, not usually not through another musician. It's, it's a pastor or it may be a worship leader, but, but it's, it's really the, the pouring into you in a spiritual or moral sense. The other kind of mentorship is when, as a musician, you can kind of peek over the shoulder of someone and really gain a real-world experience that a lesson wouldn't teach you. And so that's that's another experience that I've had where I see a musician that is doing something that I was inspired to do, and I get to ask him questions or or get to kind of peek behind the, cur- the curtain into their processes, how they arrive to that creative solution that they're doing or the technique or whatever they're doing. And so that's something that we're trying to package into our courses too, to where all my instructors are musicians who are very well versed both in the realm of, of worship, but also an extensive studio and teaching experience. And so that, that kind of a, a dynamic is what we're trying to pour into where we don't just teach you the scales and the chords and the music theory behind it, but also why and how we apply this in the real world. And, and that's a form of mentorship as well. So I think the two go hand in hand. Yeah, I like that. And, and both are very important. Absolutely. I love that. Um, let me ask you this. So your instructors in Music 360 Method, are they like celebrity worship leaders or what's the experience that you get um, with, each, with each step and with each lesson? Yeah, thank God they're not celebrity worship leaders. <laughs> no, I, I love my celebrity worship leaders. But but if if you've ever, now, you know, I'm, I'm trying to say this with the utmost respect, but if you've ever watched instruction like actual music instructional videos by celebrity musicians and worship leaders usually it has wonderful mentorship value of the first time (laughs) they can speak into their experience but as far as them teaching you how to do something usually it's not the case because they're not that's not their expertise oftentimes the the celebrity musician or celebrity artist or worship leader kind of absorbs their knowledge and then their focus is not so much on the craft of what they're doing, but more on the connecting. And so there's tremendous value in that. And, but I found that there's a lot of great content like that on the platforms that we mentioned earlier, like Bethel's Worship You and Worship Online. It's really great of the first type of mentorship. What we're really focusing on is bringing the real world experience, but, but bringing the second type of mentorship in and, and keeping the first type in the hands of the local church. Mm-hmm. So we're partnering with them. We're not trying to be a one-stop solution. So to answer your question, my instructors are not celebrities. You've probably never heard of them, but these are individuals who have successfully mentored others throughout the years. And they have the industry experience that it really takes for them to teach and train, but they've really walked others through the process of how to get from point A to B. And, and really we, we have proof for that of, of the success of our students that have come to the ranks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. What so there are so many different types of churches. 
Uh, some churches are really small. Some churches are mega churches um, and everything in between. What size of church should take advantage of Music 360 Method? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the above? Yeah. <laughs> My pastor always says that. Uh, so, once again, a really good question because ultimately what I find is that um, um, I'm trying to say this with tact, but but e- even the mega churches, um, they often have very good systems in place. Those systems are usually, and what I'm talking about is really like an audition process of bringing musicians into into their worship team or their rotation. But oftentimes, those processes are tied to learning the songs that are in their repertoire. And once again, there's no training involved in that. So I've heard this time and again, churches of membership, 5, 15, 20,000 members, they have great processes in place. But if someone, they find out in the process that an individual is not ready to play in their worship team, once again, they're sent off to, hey, take some lessons somewhere. And so for that reason, a mega church is just as qualified as a small church startup for, for our service, because really what we provide is, is a tool that doesn't exist today. We're really creating something brand new for that reason. Same thing goes for Christian schools. Uh, there's no modern music curriculum of this type. Uh, there's I, I, Just last week, I had a meeting with a, a Christian school in Nevada that uh, they have a wonderful worship program, but the training is off of random YouTube videos that the instructor has to assemble together this week, we're going to watch this and then learn that song. And if the musicians are not ready, they're encouraged to take lessons elsewhere. But it's not cost effective and it's not a productive process. So that's a long answer to say really churches of any size. And we adjusted our budgeting in a way, uh, the pricing of the, the program to where really any church of any any budget can start at some point in our, in our progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think that's very important. Um, on your website, on music360method.com, you mentioned cultural reformation. Can you tell me a little bit more on, you know, key me in on what that means? You're opening another can of worms. Good job, there we Carla. Go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this is, this really speaks to my heart behind all of this, because I really feel like this has been a pet peeve of, pet peeve of mine since I was 16 years old, because I really started seeing the more involved that I got in worship, but also in in touring with bands and being involved in in music missions from a very young age. I I started seeing that the trend in the church, and and I'm saying this with with the utmost respect, but but I think this is, if you're involved in music, you're going to nod to this, that our tendency, the trend in the church is that we tend to copy what the world does. And we do so about five, 10 years later. And that's not the heart of God. I mean, if, if we truly, genuinely believe that all of creation, whether regardless of um, culture and race and, and, and none of that, we're created in the image of God. And we as believers, we're the closest to the heart of God. Shouldn't we be the most creative? So the whole thing should be yes, the other way around, right? Yes, so yes. I use I use cultural reformation as an example on our website because I really feel like what we're creating here is not just a stopgap for a worship team to sound better. But our heart and our vision is for churches, as they start using this tool to fix their worship team or, or elevate their worship experience, it's great for that. But I really start, I believe that the churches will start seeing the potential beyond that. 
that when you have a world-class training tool in your hand, you can use that as a community outreach tool as well. And so in my mind, at least in the realm of music, cultural reformation to me means that can we flip the script on, on art and, and on, on how culture is created to how it was happening back in the Reformation days when the best culture, the best art came out from within the church and it was impacting the rest of the world and politics and government and all that because art tends to do that. Art and humor tends to be the, the catalyst that changes the, the way people think. And so I think it's a dangerous place for the church to just be copying what the world is doing. I really feel like we need to take the mantle on ourselves to flip that script. But I think one of the reasons we've not been able to is what we talked about in the first half of the interview. There's so much pressure on churches to create the sound in worship that's expected of them. But we don't have the systems in place to do that in any other way other than copying. So with a tool like Music 360 Method, our heart is to empower the local church to, yes, elevate your worship experience through music training, but also become a magnet in your community to start creating artist communities, after-school programs, and be the best place that people can learn music and therefore reform culture from within. So your, your kind of heart in this is for people to actually come to the church to say, this is where I want to get my learning and my training from and my experience from instead of finding outside sources that, you know, honestly, if you, you know, get your training from any source, you know, that's available out there, you may end up in, in, in a situation that kind of moves you away from what the Lord you know, has, uh, in, you know, in design for, for you and your gifts. So you really feel like the church should be this creative magnet that everybody says, yes, I want to do this in the church. I want to learn and grow in the church. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds a little far-fetched, I know, but think about, think about a lot of the top pop artists like Katy Perry, like John Legend, like Beyonce. I could go on and on and on and on with the list who all started in the church but because they, they couldn't grow their roots in the church, their mentorship happened outside the church musically. The spiritual mentorship didn't take a hold on them because, because of where they want, were developing their craft. And so if we're not a host to the musical development, these world-changing artists, for better or for worse, then we're really giving up our influence on culture. And that's I, I really that sounds harsh, but that's really honestly, if we look, give a really quote Michael Jackson, <laughs> give a really honest look at the, the man in the mirror. That's really what we've done as the church. Yeah. So I, we really want to help the, the local church flip that script. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I can say the reason, I, I mean, I don't think I was ever even thinking about writing music. I probably wouldn't have um, thought about it unless, you know, a worship leader, he, he said, you know, I, I want to put you on in about, a you know, two months lead worship, but I don't want you to copy something else. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I want you to come with something that the Lord gave you. And then, man, I had to move my feet real fast because I thought, okay, what is the Lord giving me? What does that even mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and so then, you know, then fast forward several years, you can see what happens when the church is the catalyst that moves you towards uh, using your gifts. Um, yeah. For the, for the Lord. That, it's not far-fetched. 
I don't yeah. think it's far fetched. And, and, and to put one second to put all this that we're talking about in context, all of this is happening in the church. So th- there's there's definitely pockets, but it's so hit and miss, and we're losing so many amazing talent, talented young people because it's so hit and miss. And it's not because of the heart is not there. It's primarily because the systems are not there. And so when I started this four years ago, that was my, really my cry out to God, like, don't let me start this just to start another expensive hobby. Let this be something that, that really is a world changing tool. And so he just said, just start. And I really had no idea what this is going to become. And every step of the way, something new unfolded. And but so, so this is happening in places, obviously, the church's heart is to do that, but without the systems in place, without the structures, without the new wineskin, we cannot host the movement that the Spirit right. wants to do in the church. So, so right. we are a new wineskin in that sense. Yeah, I like that. Um, so what do you think about music and the role that it plays in helping people to heal um, emotionally? Um, as we think about this pandemic and how it's <laughs> undone everything, mm-hmm. probably every area of our lives. Um, what, what role can music play in this helping to heal and bring people back together? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a scientist, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm fascinated with the connection between music and science because the more scientists dig deeper into both the, the universe and the, the mathematical um, parallels that they find in the universe, but also in the microcosm at the atomic level, the more they're finding that, that music is present. So the way God created the world, the, the, the sounds that are pleasing to our ear are actually in, in physics. They're in, in science, in space, everywhere. And so for that reason, music has a natural healing effect on, on, on humans. And so one of the very interesting statistics over last year is all the major music manufacturers have experienced record-shattering years. Guitar Center, Sweetwater Sound, Taylor Guitars, Fender, Martin, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, their salespeople were saying like it felt like every day was a Black Friday, one after the other. And the reason for that is because people were searching for something that could soothe their soul. Nothing does that like music. So once again, I really feel like this is the perfect storm brewing for the church. As long as we have our systems in place to where we can host that activity and make the local church the hub where people can not only learn music, but express it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And and also that that takes a biblical view, you know, of David and Saul and and, and David being called in to yeah. play some music and to provide this music that kind of soothed um, yeah. Saul, Saul down. So yeah, I, I like that. Well, Chris, thank you so much for, um, for being here, for, for joining us today, for taking us through where Music 360 Method is. Um, I will ask you this really, really, really fast. If anyone is listening and thinking, I've got really good players and I've got some really inexperienced players is this is music 360 method going to be as effective for my really good players as it is for my um inexperienced players yeah and and the reason that that it will is uh, most musicians even the ones that sound great they usually learn their knowledge 90 percent of the time 
through absorbing over the years. And so we've had musicians go through a program that have been playing for 25, 30 years, and they sound fantastic. They can really play just about everything that we teach, but usually they don't understand that connecting fabric that, that connects the, the, the knowledge. And so the way we created the, the methodology behind how we teach, even experienced players often come away with a brand new way of looking at music. So for a young player, they're going to learn in a structured way that really helps them be confident and creative and have a sense of freedom about their music. For the experienced players, they get to connect the dots in a way that they never were able to before. But because of the platform that we built, experienced musicians will be in a position to actively mentor the, the inexperienced musicians in the community of the church without it taking their time. They can just be engaged in their, their growth and their mentorship. I love it. I love it. So everyone go to music360method.com um, and reach out to Chris there. Everyone, we pray that you have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us. My name is Carla Nivens. We will see you back here next week. Mm-hmm.